You're listening to Church on the Park Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Thank you for this time. We just thank you for this 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 opportunity to be able to meet like that. For first of all, we just want to thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your faithfulness that is new every morning, Lord. Yes. And I just pray for your presence to just fill every household that has joined us right now in Jesus' name. Every household, Lord God, in Jesus' name, where there's clamor, where there's busyness, where there's worry, Lord, we just we just speak peace in Jesus' name into every storm. And I want to lift Pastor Glenn and Anna up to you too, right now in Jesus' name, that you will just heal their bodies, Lord, that you would continue to encourage them and just to make them better, Lord. We just lift them up and just in any ways we can practically help and serve them, Lord, please speak to us, Holy Spirit. We thank you for this time. Just open our hearts to be able to receive your word, Lord. And I pray, Lord, we just I just submit myself to you that you would just help me with, with this particular uh, 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 subject today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, guys. Is everybody muted? Everybody muted? Yeah. Everyone can hear me? Cool? Cool. Excellent. All right. Today... Uh, we just want to share with you a few things. The message today the Lord's given to me, it's titled, It's Time. As many of you know, and many of you have been praying for us, that Diane and I have just got back from a trip. Uh, we went through central New South Wales, Victoria, landed in Melbourne, met some family and friends, turned around, came back again. And we just want to share some of the things the Lord the Lord has shown shown us during that time, and just to really just uh, ask you to join us in just giving God all glory and praise for the things He did. The first thing I want to do is just share with you a scripture, and everybody knows this scripture, but I want to read from the Passion Translation. It's Jesus repeats the scripture from Isaiah and in Luke. In Luke chapter 4, 18 and 19, he says this. In the Passion Translation, it says this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor. I love this translation. Hope for the poor. Healing for the brokenhearted. And new eyes for the blind. And to preach to prisoners. You are free. I have come to share the message of Jubilee for the and this is the thing that the Lord really impressed on me in the scripture, to share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. And that's what we feel. And that's what we experience when we are on the road. It is, folks, the time of God's great acceptance. I want to really want to encourage you that it's time because God wants to spread this message, which is what, what, what we call the good news. It really is good news. And it's time for people to understand how much and what he's done to bring acceptance to all of us. I'll just give you some stats, some statistics first, just so you can um, have some idea. Uh, they're not meant for any measurement of success or anything like that. It's just some people like facts. And so, and also with when we bring it to remembrance, we just remember what God did too. So some statistics, we travel for about 3,800 kilometers in 20 days. And during that time, we spoke and connected with about 95 different people. And they included buskers, farmers, managers, workers, shopkeepers, mothers, grandmothers, kids, young people, homeless, um, pharmacists, carers, just ordinary people. And we gave away about 560 things, and that included about um, 390 Bibles, um, bookmarks, handmade bookmarks, pens, 
prophetic paintings, prophetic words. I think we gave away about 17 prophetic paintings, uh, about 21 prophetic words, uh, handmade photo, photo books, Coles vouchers. <coughs> um, <coughs> even, even a couple of gourmet Easter eggs, can you believe it? Story there. And some free, real free range eggs, a dozen of those, some plums, coffee money, DVDs. So we gave away a lot of things, all up about 560 things. And God spoke to us and showed us many, many things along the way. And they're just too many to describe. But we just want to sum it up by saying, I've got three points. It's time. The first point is, it's time for a climate change. Climate change is very, very topical, isn't it? And we've just had an election, it's, but it's not politics I'm talking about. I'm talking about the climate of God. It's time for a climate change. This is Colossians 1 verse 13 says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. So he's actually brought us from a different climate into a new climate. And talking about it in natural terms, I'm from Singapore, and but I've lived in Australia for many, many years. But when we went back to visit Singapore at one stage, we weren't ready for the humidity that's there. It's a different climate. And initially, it took us a long time to try to be able to learn how to breathe in that climate because of the humidity. So different climates have different things. And the thing about what is it about it's a time for a climate change? It's this, and it's, it's part of wanting to challenge you guys too, okay? Because it's something that God helped challenge us in. Do you find it strange to share the good news or the gospel with other people? Maybe it's because we're living, we're used to living in a different climate. And we're not used to the climate that Jesus lives in. When we go to church, it's easier to talk about the Lord Jesus. But when we're out in public and when we're out in where we work, is it sometimes very difficult because it seems like we're forcing something or it seems unnatural. And I guess the Lord, the thing the Lord challenged me and challenged us was that, is it unnatural or does it feel funny because we're actually more used to living in a different climate? You know, God has called us to love well. It is not our job to save anyone. That's his job. And I just fear the Lord wants me to just encourage you guys and to challenge you guys that um, let's not legalize fear in our lives. Let's not be more comfortable living in fear than living in love. And if we're not used to living in love, how about we just ask Jesus to help us now? what it is to be comfortable living in love, which means learning how to receive love and how to give love away. It's time we believe that it is that God is good more than the bad stuff around us. It's time we believe that the good news is to be experienced rather than it's just a good doctrine to get us to heaven. One way I just want to encourage you about acclimatizing yourself to the good news is to remember the simplicity of the gospel, that it's all about Jesus. It's not about anything else. It's all about Jesus and what he did in your life. Are you used to giving your testimony? It's one thing I want to encourage you to do. That's how you can get acclimatized to the kingdom of God. And the kingdom is really where the domain where Jesus lives. It's where the domain of the kingdom. And so it's easy to live in that climate when you're in church, but are, are we actually living in that climate outside of church in our daily lives? And that's the challenge. And Holy Spirit, I want you to be able to help us all in that challenge. And one way of doing that is to learn how to be able to share your testimony. What you were like before Jesus came, what he did for you, and how, how that's made a difference in your life. And that's really what it's all about. It's the good news. Is it good news to you? Are we not sharing it because it's really not good news?
do you know when we out there and we're giving all these things away, you know what we've discovered? That the kindness that you walk in, that the kindness you give, gives you a right to share the good, the good story, your good story. And people are open, we've discovered. People are open to listen. And you know, in the past I've had to, when I'm sharing, I would just try to qualify myself and say, oh, I'm a Christian and I've got a personal relationship with Jesus. And it all seemed really fake and really forced. And you know what I discovered? When I'm up there and I'm sharing with someone who absolutely has never read the Bible or who has um, never heard about God or about Jesus Christ, I will just say, oh, and Jesus spoke to me and, and he said this. And they're like, oh, and they're receiving what I'm saying or what Diane is saying. And it's so natural because we're trying to make it as natural as it is. He is as, as real as the air we breathe. And we need to make sure that he helps us to become comfortable with how natural he is, how naturally supernatural we are meant to be. There's a story I want to share with you. It's uh, about Tracy and Richard in the town of Gundawindi. This is one of the testimonies. And we, I'm sorry we're not going to be able to share all our testimonies. I've sent out some emails to, to people this morning from our trip. Uh, it's a newsletter, but uh, it will just take too much time. But we just want to share a couple of testimonies with you and interspersed through the points. So the first point is that it's time for a climate change. And we discovered this in Gundawindi. We arrived in Gundawindi after a long trip and uh, we're, we're driving towards our, our caravan park. And Diane sees this caravan park. She's the more spiritual one. <laughs> She's got good, her senses have been trained in God. And she said, why don't we just pull into this caravan park and offer some Bibles? So I'm like, uh, okay, I wasn't going to, but let's do that. So I pull in, I go in and she says, um, I feel to give her this bookmark that Diane has made. Diane makes these beautiful bookmarks. They're precious. And uh, uh, so I said, okay. And that's part of point number three, too, which I'll come back to. So I said, okay, because I trust what she hears. We've got to learn to trust each other. And anyway, I go in with the bookmark and I meet Tracy at the front desk. And I give it to Tracy and she starts to cry. She starts to tear up and she starts to share her life with me. Oh, we've only been here. We're actually originally from Ballina. We've only been here for five weeks. And so this is new to us here. And she starts to share her life about the struggles. And those who, 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 who know recently in the last couple of months, there were terrible floods in Lismore. And she was sharing about her best friend who lost everything because of the floods that came and destroyed her home. And I came back, to, uh, so I was able to share and encourage her in the Lord. And, and, and I came back to the car and, uh, and as we were driving to our caravan park, I was sharing the story with Diane and Diane felt immediately from the Lord, we need to go back. We need to go back because I've got something for Tracy's friend. I've got a bookmark, but I've also got a prophetic painting that uh, I want to give her. And this is the prophetic painting. And, um, and, and I've got a word for her. So, Okay, so we get we get all our things together and we go back. Tracy's friend in Lismore. Tracy's friend in Lismore. Okay, we, we were trying to, uh, Diane felt that uh, God wanted to, to give something to Tracy's friend in Lismore. And so we we go back. But when, when you do things in God, sometimes it's quite inconvenient. Because it's the time when there are about five or six caravans that have just pulled up. And so they're all trying to check in. So you have to wait. And we, I think we waited about an hour and a half before we actually got a chance to go in. And then the Lord said, go in now. And we went in and the last caravan passed, just pulled away. And we get, managed to go in. And I'm giving Tracy this painting for her friend. We also had a prophetic painting for her, for her time here too, in Gundawindi. Anyway, she starts to cry again. And this time her husband is sitting next to her by the desk. And I said, look, we're happy to give you some postage money. You can post this to her. And this is what God wants to say to her. And I, I managed to relay the message from the Lord, the prophetic word Diane's given me to give to, give to Tracy's friend in Lismore. And uh, as, I'm, as, as I'm doing that, she's crying. She's saying, you don't know how perfect this is. You don't know what this will mean to her. And, and, um, and she seemed really blessed. And I said, 
that's just wonderful. Gold is doing a wonderful thing. I go back to the car and tell Diane, oh, Tracy, just innocently, Tracy's husband's now there. And, and the Lord speaks to her and says, I've got a bookmark. She made a bookmark specifically for a man. And the, the word God wants me to wants you to pass on to him is God wants you to know that you've got a lion heart. Okay. Seems innocent enough. I go in, I go back in again, a third time into the office of this caravan park. And this time when I walk in, there's this noise inside the office. There are two, there is another couple in there. So there are now four people in there. I'm walking into the scene. And this is a matter of me walking out back to the car, getting the bookmark for this, the husband, going back into the car, into the office, a matter of about oh, three minutes. Um, there's this noise inside the office of joy. And Tracy is jumping up and down. And she's just about with raised voice saying to me, guess who's turned up? Guess who's turned up? I'm like, okay. Um, and apparently Tracy's best friend from Lismore's sister and her husband has just turned up. Unannounced. Unannounced. And Tracy's going, this is, the, this is my best friend's sister. And she's actually testifying what God's been doing. And she's passing on the painting to her friend, her best friend's sister from Lismore. And, and, and she's telling the story. And her best friend's sister is now crying and laughing all at the same time. And so is her husband. And... Um, and, and her best friend's sister turns around and looks at me and says, you do not know how perfect this is. You cannot know what this will mean to her. An innocent word spoken and carried out in obedience and trusting each other. And I'm just standing there completely. I, I haven't said a word. I'm just walking into this scene. I'm walking into the scene and I'm seeing the Holy Spirit do this incredible work of then this is noise. You know, have you ever been to a meeting where God turns up and there's joy that's just breaking out everywhere? It was that. And I was just bearing witness to this wonderful scene of people who don't know Jesus being encountered by God. And they're jumping up and down. And Tracy is sharing about this painting. And then she's sharing about her own painting. We gave her a prophetic painting with a prophetic word as well. And she's sharing that with a friend as well. And I'm just bearing witness to this and being amazed at what God's doing that I completely forgot about the bookmark for Tracy's husband in my hand. As I'm, as I'm leaving, <laughs> he reminds me, I'm like, oh, and by the way, I said to Tracy's husband, this bookmark's for you. And Jesus wants you to know, there's a word for you. Jesus wants you to know that he says that you've got a lion heart and his face goes red. And he starts to, he jumps up from his seat and he grabs my hand and he starts shaking my hand and his face is red and he's laughing. And, and, I, and I'm like, okay, God, what are you doing? You're obviously doing something here. And he's saying, my name's Richard. And, and, and it apparently means something to him that he's, you know, Richard and God saying, I call you Richard, the lion heart. And, um, and, 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 and he's being touched by God. And God had, gives us this huge opening where we're able to share it's just the good news that, hey, Father God just loves you guys. He's now given me an audience of four people to be able to share that God knows exactly what you need and what your friend needs right now. He knows you by name. And isn't that wonderful? And I didn't bring it. But apparently there was a climate of king, the kingdom of God in me and in Diane. And we were able to go in there. And all of a sudden, God brought a climate change. So point number one, it's time for a climate change. Are you guys wanting to take that challenge? I hope you would. Because, you know, we're not going as ourselves. We're going as ambassadors to bring a new kingdom. And you don't have to have clever music, lighting, or anything special. You just need the presence of God. And he lives inside you. And he wants out. Point number two, 
Got two parts to point number two. Point number two is this. It's time to recognize the origin of our design. I'll say it again. It's time to recognize the origin of our design. A lot of people would say this. Oh, that's just who I am. We think we're the product of our parents or our grandparents or our family tree. There's a lot about family trees at the moment. And we think we're even the product of our DNA. Oh, you know, my, this person had heart disease, so I, I might have heart disease, whatever. Okay. It's not just we think the, the origin of our design is based upon our sin or our DNA or our wounds or the collection of our experiences that make who we are. I have a challenge for you because this is what God challenged me. This is what he said to me. Do you know, Daniel, he said, do you know the, the origin of your design is not any of that? It's me. He thought of us first. If we miss our origin story, we will miss the future he has for us. There's a lot of uh, movies made about, you know, superheroes now. And if you ever a comic reader, I was a big comic reader when I was a kid. Um, they always talk about, oh, Batman, Superman, you know, you got to know their origin story. Okay. Uh, even before comics came along, Jesus was here first. And he says, be aware, know your origin story. That's what's important. I'll give you a couple of scriptures. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him. When? Before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Did you know that? He said he chose us before, even before this world was created. That was billions and billions of years ago. Origin story. Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want to give you another one. Psalms 139 verse 15 to 17. This is a good one. My frame, this is David, the psalmist David. King David, he was speaking. My frame was not hidden from you when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Unformed body. What does he say next? All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, oh God. Isn't it wonderful? So it's time to recognize the origin of our design. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let the enemy lie to you that you're the product of your DNA, that you're the product of just all your experiences. Yes, all the experiences that, 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 that have happened to us, good and bad, shapes us, forms us, but it forms on top of a foundation that we need to recognize. Sometimes the bad need God needs to chip away. Sometimes the bad God needs to heal. But if we don't know who we really are, that he thought of us before the foundations of the earth, we can get lost in our destiny. So it's time to recognize the origin of our design. You know, counseling is good. I've had counseling, but it's man-made. And God uses that. I'm not knocking it. But we have to be careful that we do not legalize fear and make, and make ourselves comfortable to live with it sometimes. And also, it's a, it's a phrase that Diane says, you need to repeat this. Okay, sometimes we can say, oh, that's just who I am. Or sometimes uh, with, um, in this world, we've seen it more recently over the times, the last few years. Selfishness has become almost endemic or pan a pandemic situation. But selfishness is not a personality type. 
it's not who we are. It's who, it's, it's part of the fallen state, but before the fallen state, God thought of us. It's not really who we are. It's what the enemy wants to fool us into thinking that's who we are, but it's not really who we are. You know, we must never forget the God factor. The God factor. Before you make up your mind on, about who you are, please check it, check it out with the manufacturer. When you buy some goods, it comes with a handbook, okay? If you don't know how something works, go back to the handbook, okay? The handbook's the Bible. And with the Holy Spirit's help, you can uncover who you really are in God. Now, it's your decision. Your decision is like a gate that either allows God to change and to convince and to show you who you are, or you can say no, and you can close the gate. It's up to you. But the Lord is Jesus in Revelations is saying, I'm standing at the behold, I'm standing at the door to knock. In Ezekiel, it says, you, we are now in a valley of decision. It's your decision to open the gate, to allow him to change you or not, to allow you to show you your origin story. Romans 12, 2 says, stop imitate. This is from the Passion Translation. Romans 12, 2. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. And you know, we talk a lot about the prophetic, but that's what the prophetic is all about. The prophetic is speaking what is not into being, but really the prophetic is speaking God's design into being. So we can allow him to do that, or we cannot. We need to give him the space to do that in our lives. There's a story, there's a, couple, there's a few stories we can tell you. There's a story about Dougie we met in Narrabri. He was a busker. He was a homeless guy who was in a little camp, a little tent near where we were staying in a caravan park in Narrabri. I was out in Woolworths doing some supplies shopping. Somehow managed to get myself two gourmet Easter eggs for free. <laughs> That's another story. Well, because we can't eat Easter eggs, but God said, take them because they're for somebody. Anyway, I come back to the caravan park and Diane says, you need to go speak to Dougie. Um, and he's, he was playing beautiful music on his guitar and Diane was in the, in the cabin praying for me while I was out trying to meet people and get some supplies. And she hears Dougie playing on the guitar beautifully. And the and Lord says to Diane, Give Dougie this pen. So, all right, okay, cool. I don't argue, I don't say, I don't understand that before. You know, if we understand everything before we do anything, then we're not going to do anything, okay? Um, so I'm like, I trust God in you. I trust what you hear, and I'm going to do it. So I've never met Dougie. So I go and I meet Dougie. And I, I go, hi, Doug. And he tells me his story about how he's homeless. And... Um, uh, He's been wandering through Western Australia, through New South Wales, through Victoria. And, uh, and he has, he, he's still stuck in the caravan park because he's, he's got no money to move on. And so I says, Lord, what do you want me to say? Because um, I had nothing to say except, sure to, uh, sure to Diane, I'll go and give Dougie this pen. And I says, Lord, what do you want me to say? And when you step out like that, when you step out of the boat, just understand that God will actually um, give you something to say because you've said yes Jesus okay so I speak to Doug and I give him and he starts to open up about his life and I says and here's a pen for you Doug Dougie and he says oh thank you so much this is where the prophetic comes into it he says I've been meaning to write music but I don't actually have a pen and and um and so we were able to say Doug, God wants you to know that 
he wants you to write the music. He's put the music inside you and he wants you to write music. And here's a pen to start writing music. Sometimes it does, you don't have to be, have given your life to Jesus. We're all been, God wants to speak to all of us. He wants to breathe his new life into all of us. And so that began. Yes, go for it. Diane wants to say something. We often think that people qualify because they're born again. God just wants to talk to his kids. Yeah. He doesn't care born again or living in a hut on the side of a hill talking to nobody. He just wants to talk to his kids. And you're the best vehicle he's ever going to get to do it when you're wandering past the hut. Yeah. You need to remember it isn't about who's in and who's out because he wants everybody in. Absolutely. There are no exceptions. The choice is always ours. And if people don't respond, then that's their choice. But the reality is he doesn't see dividing lines. No, that's true. You know, Jesus blessed his disciples before they deserved it. And we need to see what Jesus was living out was exactly what he announced from Luke chapter 4. This is the year of favor from our God. You know, you look at the band of Jesus' motley followers, okay? He had somebody who was really bad-tempered. He had, he had people there who wanted to call down fire to, to, to kill people because they weren't agreeing with them. Um, he had a thief amongst them, and yet he sent his, 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 his idea was to, was to say, no, that's not your origin story. Your origin story is in me. And he, he breathed the prophetic words. He says, go and do what I've given you to do. We don't have to feel worthy to be able to share the worthy, the good news that's inside us. About the worthy one. That's exactly right. Anyway. So Doug starts to open up. He says, hey, can you, um, I'm about to go into town. This is a very small town. It's, it's, not, it's not extremely small. We've been to towns where there's only 65 people in a town. Narborough is a little bit bigger than that. There's a, there's a couple of thousand or maybe a several hundred. Anyway, he says, I'm going to go into town, which is just one main street, and I'm going to be busking. Um, usually when I'm busking in Sydney or Melbourne, you know, I can be doing the two to three hours and get $10. Um, he didn't have any money. He says, can you, you know, uh, I, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, first of all, um, you don't have any money. And the Lord said, God said to give you this. He got me to prepare some $30 Coles vouchers. And he said, this one's for you. We actually gave him a couple of vouchers. So he said, oh, now I can go buy some food, he said. And I said, before, we, so God, like God, God's favor comes in many different forms. And good news and love always looks like something. So we give him that first. So he's encouraged. Then he opens up even more. And so God says, well, then pray for him, minister to him. So I said, okay, Dougie, is it okay if we pray for you that when you're busking, that God's going to give you favor like you've never seen? Oh, that'll be good. So I pray for him. Uh, and I said, Lord, just whatever you do, just open the windows of heaven. Let the people of Narrabri be so generous with him and give him more than what he could even expect. Amen. So I leave Dougie, go back and prepare lunch for Diane and myself. An hour later, an hour later, he, there's a knock on our door and it's Dougie. And he couldn't wait to share with us. He said, guess what? I've only been there an hour. Um, and, and, and I've made $80. He said, people here are so generous. They're more generous than I can be three hours in Sydney busking and, not, and barely get $10. He said, I've got $80. And he was able to go and buy more supplies. So perhaps he was able to move on. Anyway, that's Dougie. Part of point number two is this. It's first of all, to recognize the origin of our design. And secondly, it's to believe they were born again into a family with a parent who actually cares. God loves you. God cares about you. John 1, 13 and 14 says, children are not born of natural descent, 
nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. It's time we had more faith in knowing he loves us and wants to speak to us than faith that we cannot hear him. And if you have no confidence, ask God to take you back to the origin of your story. We are like, we're just his kids. Imagine your kids running up to you going, dad, 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 dad. And you're like, did we hear a noise? Somebody speak to us? No, he wants to rest. He wants to respond to you. You know, when I was, when we were away, uh, the Lord's just out of the blue, I'm just spending time with him, not really thinking about anything in particular. And God just introduces a topic. He says, you know, you can have the best TV in the world, but if you don't have an, an antenna, you won't get a picture. I'm like, oh, okay, God, that's interesting. What are you trying to tell me? And he says, the church has focused a lot of time on the TV. And I want to give them an antenna. We don't need to have all our ducks in a row and everything accurate and balanced. That's the Holy Spirit's job. He can sort us out of that. He just wants us to just keep sharing him with the world out there is ready to hear. Hebrews 5.14 says he will train our senses to recognize him. So let him. So right now, Lord, I ask Holy Spirit that you would train everyone here. Our eyes to see you, our ears to hear you, our hearts to be able to sense you, feel you, Lord, when you're nudging us in the right direction. And we want to thank you that we don't have to know everything to be, to be led by you. Because it also says that we can be led by your eye on us. And the number of times, folks, we have just stumbled onto situations, every situation that we've stumbled into that we've just shared, we didn't have all the knowledge before it happened. We don't need to. If we have to have understanding before we follow him, then we have a God after our own understanding. Do you understand that? It means we've limited him. Let's, let's be comfortable to embrace the mystery of who God is. Let's just be followers. Let him drive the car. You know, a quick story about Kate. I go in and speak to Kate, and this is the very first prophetic painting I gave on our trip. Oh, this is the second. The first was to Tracy. Um, this time, um, but it's one of the very first new paintings I painted, and I gave him this one. And the title of that painting is, God wants you to know he's got a permanent home for you, just for you. Anyway, I got Tracy and I say, this may sound strange, but God speaks to me. Sometimes he speaks to me in pictures. Sometimes he speaks to me in words. And Jesus wants you to know that he's just crazy about you. And he wants me to give this to you. Um, and the, he just wanted you, he wants you to know that he's, Kate, if you would turn your just turn your face to him and just call out to him that he's got a permanent home for you. And she just tears up. She starts to cry. Anyway, I later on, um, I, she was the manager at the caravan park. Um, people turned up in the caravan, so I didn't have a lot of time with Kate. So I left. Later on in the park, I get to meet Kate's husband, Robert. And I says, just out because we were just talking about birds and different things. And I said, just happened to say, so where's your permanent home? Because they're actually relief managers. And that's the timing of God too. Because if we had gone to Narrabride the week before, we would have missed Kate. If we'd gone the week after, we would have missed Kate. They were there because they were relief managing for the real managers who were in isolation from COVID. Anyway, Robert points to me. I said, I said where's your permanent home? Where are you from? Because they're relieving here and there and everywhere uh, in different caravan parks. And he said, Oh, we don't have a permanent home. And he pointed to a caravan and says, that's our home right there. And later on, it, meant, it dawned on me why Kate was crying. Because she doesn't have a permanent home here. 
And God wanted her to know in him, he's got a permanent home for her. See how specific the words are sometimes that God gives, the and opportunities, how and how we don't know what they mean. <laughs> but God does. God does. Last point. I hope I'm not boring you too much. Last point. It's time. First point, it's time for a climate change. Second point, it's time to know our origin story and to know that we were born to a family where a parent cares for us. The last point, it's time to be available. It's time to be intentional. It's time for us to come together to form, I've got to say this carefully, to form a joint. <laughs> because these days that can mean something else. I didn't say smoke a joint, God forgive you. I'm saying to form a joint. The sort of joints that's talked about in the Bible, okay? That's seen in our bodies. I've got joints, we've all got joints in our bodies. And it, amazingly, if you read Di's blog today, I think it's page 1898, mm -hmm. she actually talks about this. And there was no collusion between us, we promise you. <laughs> it's time to form a joint. I will tell you what that means after I've read, read the scripture from you. The last scripture comes from Ezekiel, chapter 37, verses 1 to 10. And you, most of you who have been in the Lord for a while, you know the scripture. It says this. The hand of the Lord was upon me. This is Ezekiel, the prophet. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. This is a prophetic picture that God shows. It was full of bones. He, have you ever seen bones? I guess the closest bone sometimes is if you eat a chicken wing or something or a drumstick, you get a bone, right? Bone, it just sits there, a bone. He led me back and forth among them. So he saw many bones, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. They were very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And he said exactly what Diane and I have learned to say. Lord. Sovereign Lord, you alone know. <laughs> if God asks you a question, it doesn't mean that you know the answer. It just means he wants you to say, tell us more, God. <laughs> Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Prophesy, speak the origin story. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make, I'm sorry, I've got bifocal glasses and they're <laughs> terrible and I can't read my own, I can't read the writing sometimes. Um, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. What's bone to bone? A joint. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breathe breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army, army. The Lord said, the third point and the last point is this. It's time to be available. It's time to form a joint. Bones remain stationary. Joints move. We are in the valley of decision with the dry bones. And, you know, it's time to come together. It's time to form joints. And then for God to use those joints to put tendons and muscles and skin. And then for God to breathe life and to form what? To form individuals? No. To form a vast army. It takes humility. It takes trust. And which is why I was saying the first testimony we shared about Tracy and the testimonies where I may be doing the talking. I may be the one that physically connecting with the people because Diane's had to be protected from COVID. And, but she also is part of that joint. God has formed Diane and I into a joint. And as individuals, we're stationary. But as a joint, 
as we pivot off of each other, we create movement or the Holy Spirit starts to create movement. She becomes the ears, I become the mouthpiece. I think we've seen that happen before in the Old Testament. But Moses says, I can't speak. And God says, well, I'll pull a joint in. His name is Aaron. <laughs> He'll be your mouthpiece. Okay. It takes humility to submit to one another. And it takes trust. God didn't make us to be individuals. This world, the spirit of this age says, we're all allowed to be just who we are. And nobody dare tell me who I'm supposed to be. We're meant to submit to each other, be accountable to each other, to be interdependent on each other. Why? Because God wants to form joints. And when you get two joints that are with a bad joint, you get arthritis. And what is it? It's inflammation. They're great, They're great on each other. So ask God to help remove the inflammation in relationships and to put the joint, the smoothness of the Holy Spirit to join to you, us all together. There's a story you want to tell about Pat from Tokenwall. Tokenwall is a little tiny town on the border of New South Wales and Victoria. We stayed in Tokenwall on the way down into Melbourne, into Victoria. And the day we stayed, God did wonderful things for some of the people there. That's not part of the story. The day after we left Tokenwall, we drive and we passed another caravan park. And often the Lord will say, go into each town you go into. It just makes sense. When you go into town, there's three caravan parks. We visit to offer Bibles. We go to this caravan park. And the Lord speaks to me and says, no, I don't want you to visit this caravan park until you come back on your way home, on your way back north. So we go to Melbourne. Then we come back. And we get into Tokenwall. Come, we're driving into Tokenwall. I've forgotten all that, what God said. Wonderful, isn't it? Wonderful man of God. I forgot what God said. And it takes my wife, beautiful person with listening ears. Um, God said to remind you um, that you were to, that, to, to go visit the caravan park because you didn't go there on the way down. Okay, so we go in. I go into the caravan park and um, um, I bring Bibles and I meet Pat. And Pat was a very, as an older lady, but very businesslike. Hello, can I help you? And, and I'm sharing about um, what we, I'm doing there and I offer Bibles, she takes them. Still very businesslike. And then um, I always give, I, I like to, we like to give, we like to give them something that's handmade, that's specially for, for them from the Lord. And this time, and I usually have some bookmarks prepared in a little pouch, but I usually pull one out to give. But this time, I don't know why, but I felt to take them all out. So I had about eight of them in my hands and I'm like going through them. And then the Lord says, this one. So I gave her, give her one. And you need to know that I might have eight bookmarks that Diane has made in my pouch, but they're all different different colors, different charms, different things on it. I give her one and her face changes from business-like and proper to delight. She becomes like a little child. And she says, these, this color of the color of these beads are my favorite color. And that's my birthstone. And today's my birthday. <laughs> and she said, how did you know? And I'm like, when you hear a question like that, it's like, it's like God just creates this huge opening for you, right? Opening big enough for a truck to drive through. And I'm like, okay, God, I suppose I, it's not the time to keep silent, is it? So I said, oh, well, Jesus, I asked Jesus, which one? You see, like, I don't qualify my who I am anymore. I just ask Jesus which one. And God said to me, give this one. So God wants you to know, Pat, that um, first of all, he knew it's your birthday, that he knew that this was your favorite color. And that because he wants to say happy birthday, Pat, and she's, she's gone from this visage of business-like and proper to, and she's like, she's crying. 
She's grasping her face with both hands and she's going, oh, really? Uh, and she's now like jumping up and down because God was interested in her. And she says, please tell Diane that this is my birthday present. So I go back to the car and I go back to the car and I and I'm tell Diane as I'm driving off. And she says, hang on, God's got something else for her. His first mistake is coming back to the car. We always get to turn around. I'm going to, um, sorry, I popped away just to grab something. Sorry about that. Don't know whether that's proper Zoom etiquette or not. Mm. Apologize. But uh, Di says, um, give her this. And she'd been carrying a photo book, a hard-covered photo book for ages, over a year. And it's never been for the right, we haven't met the right person. This is, the, this is what we call a photo book. It's, it's hard-covered. And inside, Diane has compiled different pictures with um, different pictures in it with a message from God. Okay, and this one was um, from Psalm 100. Anyway, God wants to give Pat a birthday, another birthday present. And God, and Diane writes a prophetic message inside about um, Lord Jesus wants celebrates. Cel celebrates your birthday, Pat, something like that. Anyway, I turn the car around, I go back <laughs> and I park the car and I see Pat driving off in a golf cart. <laughs> into the caravan park and I'm across the road. So I go, Pat! <laughs> she hears her name. She turns, she does a 180 degree in a golf cart, comes back out and she sees me and I come running to her and I give her this and I, and I, and I say, Pat, God wants to give you, I've got a present for you. This is, a, this is from Diane. It's, um, it's from Jesus. It's, it's, it's happy birthday. Here's another present for you. She grabs it, she opens it, she, she starts to cry again. She's crying and she wants to say thank you to Diane. And she's crying. And now she's not just crying, she's jumping up and down. <laughs> she's jumping up and down and she's trying to catch Diane's attention, say thank you so very much. She's become childlike. She's become this person, but God's just, the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit is just all over her. And, um, and she's opening the book and she's reading every page. She won't let me go until she's reading every page. And, and she's crying. She said, thank you, thank you. And she goes to the back and she's, I says, and, she, and she's looking at the blank, the blank part of the back of the book. And I said, what's, what's up? And she says, oh, I'm looking for a website. I'm looking for a website so that I can uh, connect with Diane and say, I'm so grateful, I'm so thankful. And, um, and I just, it, it just came out of me. It was completely unrehearsed. I just said, oh, Pat, we're really nobody. We actually just been assigned to be God's posties. We're just delivering his mail. And then she grabs her hand, her face with both hands, and she goes, and today it was my turn to receive mail from God. It's, you know, you just don't know when you're going to stumble into a, 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 a wonderful encounter, do you? And people are hungry. It is the year of the favor of the Lord to bring God's acceptance. And that's a part of our encouragement to you. You know, we had another story where Diane, we had, uh, I wanted to buy Diane a, a, a DVD, but we're traveling. And, we, and then we've, I discovered online that there was a JB Hi-Fi in Dubbo. So um, I, I, call, I call them up and I, I, I meet Lucy on the phone. And Lucy was a young lady who helped us. She was very helpful. And Diane says, you need to bring a bookmark in for Lucy. And I know there'll be a, a friend there. So bring a second bookmark. Anyway, I'm give, I give this bookmark. I meet Lucy's friend. Lucy's friend's got nose rings, earrings, rings everywhere. And she just gets so excited. She grabs Lucy. And there's this huge queue of people um, waiting to be served in JB Hi-Fi. And if you've ever been to JB Hi-Fi, the counters are way up the back. And Diane is, because just to keep her safe, she was she wasn't inside the store. She was outside the store waiting in a wheelchair for me to come back out. And, and I'm walking away from this encounter to say, hey, you know, God's just crazy about you guys. He just wants you to know that he loves you, that you've helped us, and we just want to bless you. And they're like squealing with delight. They couldn't care less about the, the huge queues of people trying to be served. They're squealing with delight. 
they're jumping up and down. And as I'm walking away, I can hear them squealing with delight. Diane's outside JB Hi-Fi and she can hear them. She can hear the noise that's just broken out. Again, it's time for a climate change. The climate of God that the, the, the God just brings, and he just changes the atmosphere around. And that's really about it. I just want to share one. Uh, I just want to read something to you. And then I'm going to finish. You guys okay with those stories? So the, first, the three points are, one, God wants, it's time. God, it's time to bring a climate change. Two, it's time to know our origin story and to know that we were born into a family where, of a parent, of a God who loves us. And three, it's time to be available. It's time to come together to form a joint so that God can bring movement into the community which we live in. I want to read something that Di wrote a few days ago. Forget about waiting around for spiritual experiences so you can feel good. Put your energy into obeying what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. If our enemy can't stop us from loving Jesus and following him, then he will settle for getting us to sit about waiting for something extra special to fall on us. Paul was doing something else when he encountered Jesus. And the disciples were just about going about the daily routine. It's interesting, when Jesus called the disciples the who were mending their nets, they dropped it immediately and followed him, right? That's also a prophetic picture, that we're meant to drop our safety nets to follow him. Anyway. The disciples were just about going, going about their daily routine. We need to be wise. We need to discern the times. And it's time for us to be up and about our master's business. Nobody else can decide that for you. Nobody can show you a magic quick and easy way to take faith steps because there are no magic steps to take quick and easy faith steps. You just got to grit your teeth and do it anyway. The cross was not easy for our Savior, and it is a lie from the pit that this life is meant to be easy for us. Do what he says. That works because he watches over his word to perform it. He always does. Guys, the number of times we've just said the most innocent things because we just felt he said to say this, not understanding why, and then realizing later how important it was how personal, how specific it was for the person we were talking to. What if, I mess, what if I mess up? Well, we have a redeemer. He can turn water into wine, bread and fish into a feast, crucifixion into everyone's salvation. Don't look at the little you have, look at how much there is in him and step into your God-given faith and do something. Trust that the Lord will make the water hard under your feet when you step out of the boat. And if you do start to drown, he will save you. That's what savior means, the one who saves us. Thanks, guys, for listening to me. We just hope that some of these stories and the message that God wanted us to bring you will encourage you and fortify you that you're in exactly the right place God wants you to be right now. And he's got this whole world in front of you. And we tackle that world one step at a time. But take that step. How about we just pray now, and then I'll hand it back to Anna again. Honey, you got anything else you want? Okay. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this time, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you that you are not just a God who loves us, but you're actually the best parent that any of us could ever have. And that you thought of us even before the foundations of the earth. And you prepared the good works for us even before the foundations of the earth. And that we're not here by accidental design. We're not here because of our parents, our grandparents. We're not here as a an accumulation or combination of all the experiences in our lives. We're not here because of any of that. 
We just break every one of those enemies' lies of us now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that you show us the revelation of the origin story you have for us. And that when you thought of us, you, you had a sparkle in your eye. You had hope in your heart because you knew what you were going to do through Kieran or Donna or Fran or Anna or Peter or any of us, Grace, any of us out there listening. You thought of us. Holy Spirit, I want to ask right now that you just come and you just invade our worlds and make the climate of your presence far more familiar and real than the climate of the everyday life that we live in out here in the world. So that when we speak about you and that we're able to share the good news, it really is good news. And it doesn't become forced, but it becomes natural, naturally supernatural. Holy Spirit, come, Lord, right now and minister to all of us, Lord. We give our hearts to you, Lord. We just thank you. You're going to do something wonderful with it. Multiply it. In Jesus' name, amen.